Welcome to the Rob Bailey Show. We're still not fully set up in the studio, so there's still an echo, and I apologize. Um, today, we're going to skip the sponsors. We did get a lot of sponsors, Austin, emailing yeah, us. We did. Um, so continue to do that. We're getting a bunch of products sent to us to figure out if we like your product or not. Um, yeah, so hopefully soon we'll, we'll, we'll start this little official podcast thing. And, you know, we're trying to seal one of our biggest sponsors right now who's in the room. Aaron Singerman <laughs> uh, from Redcon One. Thank you for having me, Rob and Austin. Uh, happy to be on the show. And you do podcasts all the time, so you're a professional. I, uh, I have done a podcast. How many? Show. How many have I done, like, ever? Yeah. I think probably 500, 700. <laughs> 500 or 700. I don't know. Hundreds and hundreds. I probably more than, off by two. Honestly, honestly, probably thousands. Because you think about how wow. I... Because oh, is... I, I had off-topic radio. And I did 100 episodes. or three hours each. And then I had Iron Empire Radio with my old business partner. We did yeah. like 100 plus. And then with Dave Palumbo, I did at least, at least 300. Do they still exist somewhere? Do what? Those episodes. I, oh, yeah. Of course. Definitely. Really? We could yeah. like go listen to them later for fun? Yeah. Have, on the campfire? Yeah. I have some... I have, <laughs> there's some ones in there that, that are pretty... Pretty uh, interesting. I mean, the, in Off Topic Radio, when I, when I first started, one of the episodes, one of the ones that will be like in the book stuff that I'm going to do. So in my book, it's going to have QR codes so you can you can scan and listen to actually like see the proof, right? So like yeah. old pictures of me or old videos or stuff. For example, in Off Topic Radio, when I was doing the show, my girlfriend at the time cheated on me with a trainer at the gym. And so me and Carl, after we broke up, me and Carl, my co-host, really Carl, honestly, more than me, kind of destroyed her, like, you know, wrecked her, like said bad stuff about her, oh, made fun of her. Wow. And, and so she called me after and said, I can't believe you did that. You know, like and, it wasn't me. It was Carl. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> what I, that's kind of what I said. And I said, well, but I'll tell you what, if you want next week, come on the show and give your side of the story. And she was like, okay, that's what I want to do. Whoa. And so both of those episodes are, are out there and are going to be in the book. So you get to hear me uh, and Carl talking about her cheating on me and the whole story. And then next week she comes on and gives her side of the story, thinking that people were going to feel like compassion for her or understanding. Yeah. And it didn't go that well for her. Because oh, no. it's very hard to tell your side of the story of that kind of story and sound yeah. like you're the good guy, you know? And mm. it didn't work for her. Um, I had a feeling it wasn't going to work, which is part of the reason to... You, 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 you. Plus, look, you already know this. You said it before. I'm a showman, right? And like that, this already happened. I was actually also to be totally transparent. Wait, you're a showman? Yeah, I think so. I didn't what? call you a showman yesterday. No. I called myself a showman and then I called Asher a my showman. Son. Yeah, my son. <laughs> okay, so what am I not a showman but now? Apparently you heard me call you a showman. <laughs> I only hear nice things, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I said nice things, but just not about you. Yes. Yeah, Asher, it's more important. My oldest son, Asher... Is like my mini me. So if you compliment him, I always think I take at least mm. some level of uh, compliment for myself. Whether it's just uh, I basically Asher's like a better version of, of me. Oh yeah, uh, that's that's kind of how I look okay. at it. Asher's your that. son, right? Yeah, yeah. That's my son. Yeah. People don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think we have to explain who Aaron is. Yeah, I think we, it's my job to uh, explain who you are. All right, so um, it's funny because I just did this upstairs for my staff. Aaron blessed my staff with <laughs> uh, thirty minutes of like Q and A. It was really really cool. Yeah. Um, so who is Aaron Singerman? Aaron Singerman is a uh, very handsome man who grew up uh, in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, if you're from there, you Nolans. say... If you're from there, you say New Orleans. All right, so he's but, from Nolans. No, that's not how no? you say it. No. New Orleans. Austin said it. New Orleans. There you go. There you go. With more confidence? New Orleans. Yeah. There you go. Good. I was um, nervous. And uh, bounced around a little bit, got into some trouble, uh, 
oddly enough, addicted to heroin for a while, which blows my mind. Cause intravenous I love- cocaine and intravenous heroin. Yeah. Okay. Is that yeah. better? You don't need to say no, it's, scientific it's, Well, term. intravenous, look, uh, it's, I'd say that it's worse because heroin, oh. you could snort it, right? Uh, can but, you? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Depending on what it is. I don't know anything. Well, is heroin about the one with the spoon? Drugs, dude. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's all I thought. Heroin was one with a spoon. Yeah, cocaine, you don't need a spoon. So just well, yeah, obviously, cocaine's like, you do that off uh, no, off girls' butts. Oh, yeah, you could do that too. Yeah, you can't do heroin off a girl's butt. Yeah, you could. Really? Yeah, it depends. So if it was black tar, then you couldn't. But if it was like a powder. Black tar heroin? Black tar is the... the yeah. Oh, this sounds so horrible. It was pretty I horrible. don't... <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't look, I don't look back fondly on those days. Okay. Listen, so Let's Aaron, skip this part there. Aaron, <laughs> obviously doing black tar heroin off butts. No, you couldn't do black tar heroin off a of butt. I thought you just said you could. No, no it, it gets too sticky. Cause black tar, tar is like, it's like what you think okay. of black tar. I need, you can't sniff black tar. You know what? I'm glad I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm glad for you. You don't know. I'm glad I don't know. I know more about Bitcoin than I do about uh, heroin. Yeah. And, and that's I don't saying know anything something. about it. <laughs> <That's saying something. laughs> um, so yeah, so the reason I say that and the reason that I, I always bring that up, whether you like it or not, is because it's such like a, a, a victory story, right? Like I think there's a lot of people in the world that, um, you know, victim mentality, woe is me, oh, can never look up, or they don't take risks, you know? And not that obviously heroin's a bad risk, but like the risk of, you know, burning the ships and spending all your money on a business thinking it's going to work. And uh, one thing I always tell people is like, yo, like six, six months from now, everything can be so different, you know? And I think that a lot of times we get stuck in these little moments where you think the world's over, everything's stacked against me, like all oh, this fucking woe is me shit. Um, and it's like, nah, nah, dude, like take a couple more like big leaps and there might be a light around that, around that turn and then you can get there. And you're like the, the shining fucking poster boy example of that. Um, so Aaron went from there and, and just sort of dude fucking hustled. Um, he and I were coming up in the industry at the same time. There's a, there's a story that we always revert back to, which is where we went out after New York pro and, uh, we went out to a steakhouse that, you know, everybody goes to. And it's one of those steakhouses where the steak is like $55 and then the spinach is $11 to add to it. And I'm sitting there with Dana. I was like, yo, we don't even have gas money to get home. Like, we can't eat. And I looked at you, and you're like, oh, no, I can't afford this either. <laughs> and it's like, that was just so vivid with me that um, I was driving to get Dana everywhere, to get her in front of people as much as I could. And, like, it often ended me up in situations where, like, I didn't feel like a man. You know, I didn't feel like, well, if I can't even pay for my wife's dinner, like, and but like just keeping the faith of like well no I got her here I need to get her in front of people I need to this is a Wait, part of a bigger thing. What year was this? Just so people. Know. Uh, ooh, two thousand seven, eight. Yeah, so yeah. back in, during. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. So a very long time ago. Yeah. So we're talking. I don't even know how many years. Fourteen years ago. Fourteen, fifteen. So when you years say ago. get Dana in front of people, it's like yeah. Literally. So this is <laughs> Dana's. Dana's doing figure and she's losing horribly. Yeah. But yeah. I knew that like if I brought her to shows, like she was getting last place at uh, figure shows like last call out and we brought her to, I forget where we brought her, but Flex Lewis knew who she was. And that's, that was like a big pivotal point. The physique she, wasn't around yet, right? No, no, no. Nothing. She was, she was, what, what it was is she had a good look, you know, she had a different look. Yeah. She had great abs, yep. right? And, uh, and then she had Rob creating this extremely unusual content based around her. And that combination of that was, was already, at that point was already getting attention. Um, 
It wasn't like it wasn't generating any money really, but it was getting no. it was getting yeah. it was getting attention. So sure. how That's did you view it from an outsider? You say like unusual wait, content wait, because wait. at the time I was I'm still like introducing Aaron, and we're already Dana's stealing the show. She's not even here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, we can go back to <laughs> unusual content. You remember that word? Unusual content. So Aaron then uh, went and dude just bounced around like right, trying to write columns. I mean, at some point in time, you were a videographer. You became like a little bit of a personality on the Dave Palumbo thing. I remember seeing you flip tires for the first time and him just being like, you know, <laughs> calling you nicknames and stuff like that. That yeah. was like painful to watch. Yeah. Um, and then you did, you started doing podcasts and you just boom, 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 boom. And then before you knew it, you, uh, you know, started a supplement line. Um, worked with other supplement lines. I don't know how. And then, yeah, so well, for Dave Palumbo, I yeah. became the editor in chief of his site. Oh and yeah. Through, and through that in selling advertising for the site, the RX muscle site, I was able to meet a lot of other people, business yeah. owners. And through that, I met a guy who owned a supplement company who I became the marketing director of that company. And then me and my future business partner were both, he was an athlete for the company. And uh, what ended up happening is at my wedding, the gentleman, that's kind of loose way to put the guy, but the guy who owned another company, told me and my future business partner that we brought in personally with our coupon codes. This is before coupon codes were everywhere and everybody yeah. says, use my coupon code. So we brought in $250,000 in sales to the website that month. And he said, Whoa. he said, thank you guys so much. Uh, you have, you personally have tripled my business. And as soon as he walked away, I looked at my, my future business partner and go, wait, we're getting four grand a month each. He just said he made $250,000 in sales from our codes. Yeah. And, and basically from that moment forward, we're like, we have to have something. We have to do this on our own. Yeah. Why would we keep making him this money? Because uh, my business partner was like, we should be getting a bigger, get a commission off this because we just got a salary. We didn't get any commission. So that was his thing. He's like, we need to start getting you know, 10% commission. And I was like, forget it, dude. We need to have a, a business. Which, pause, yes, is an extremely common thought right now with every single influencer and athlete it's in the world. <laughs> they hear, and that's, and that's the thing. And I think, uh, I don't know if you said it or somebody said it, but somebody said uh, sometimes athletes just work really well with brands right. because they trust the brand. Like people trust Redcon 1 that they make really good supplements. They know what they're doing. Um, but they don't trust Tiger Woods, right? right. Like if Tiger right. Woods came out with his own supplement line, uh, you, would, would, do, you would be like, what do, you, what do you know about supplements, man? Yeah. Like I don't. Yep. But if he pairs up with like a muscle farm, I don't know if it worked or not, but I don't think so. That's yeah. a very common thing right now is yeah. people, cause like, dude, there's a lot of risk and everything like that. And that's the cool thing about you, you guys, um, you know, you guys were like a monster power couple for a while, but like, uh, just sort of came in the industry and, and, and I mean, remembering back now, you guys fucked up the industry Oh yeah. because like you were just two bros mm -hmm. that really, I mean, from the front, from the, from the outside, look like you were just two bros that just really just like hustled right. and just caused a giant disturbance. Um, that ended. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you and I started a company together, run everything. You, uh, you helped me start that. Um, which then Dana bought you out a few years later. Yep. Um, and then you started Redcon one. I mean, I'm, I'm skipping obviously like, yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many more things, but you yeah. started Redcon one and, uh, knowing like starting it with fucking credit like yeah and then within the month you were just like like looking at you from a run everything perspective i was like whoa they're twice the size of us in the first month and like they didn't even have a lease on a warehouse and i remember you showed me the warehouse mm -hmm. and you were like oh i signed a lease in this warehouse it's eight thousand square feet and it was like 12 grand a month and right. i was like wait you don't even have product for this why are you 
why do you have a building this big and this much space and you're spending this much money on rent when like you're not even started yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, cause you take risks and you, you, you know, you knew you were going to get it done. So, uh, fast forward to current day. Um, you are living in your dream house, driving a giant boat, uh, three like awesome kids, fantastic wife, multiple gyms, um, and looked at in the industry as like the dude, you know, really, really cool. Yeah, um, it's weird, weird, weird when you think you about are, that. Yeah, you're looked at as the dude. And uh, another thing that I always thought was really cool about you is you've loved bodybuilding forever, right? right. And uh, a lot of times I tell people this and I don't use, I'm going to start using you as an example, but uh, I have like ridiculous confidence and I always tell him like, I can do anything. And I'm like, well, everyone says the first thing, like you can't do anything. I'm like, fuck you. I can do anything. Like, well, you can't play in the NBA. And I'm like, you know, I could get really, really good at basketball and I could get so involved in the basketball community that I might not play in the NBA, but I guarantee if I devoted my fucking life to it, I could be sitting front row on the sidelines, interacting with, uh, you know, players. And like, I could essentially be in the NBA, maybe not playing the NBA. And you're someone who didn't make it as a bodybuilder, but always wanted to be essentially like Mr. Olympia, right? Yeah. Well, back and in na- the day. Yeah. Now you're at the point in time where like Mr. Olympia's call you for advice. You know, you're the one at, with the show promoters, like you're the fucking dude. So you have it's a like Sandow. Yeah, stand down on your desk. <laughs> You're as close as you can get to being Mr. Olympia. I'm as close without, as I can get. Without being genetically gifted as Mr. Olympia. So right. it's like, it's just 100% that, yeah, if you want something, dude, like just be relentless and you can make it happen. Uh, 100% agreed. And, and you're right with the, with the bodybuilding thing. You know, I loved bodybuilding and I wanted to be a, a pro bodybuilder, especially before I knew pro bodybuilders and knew like what it all of what it encompasses and, and also that that it's not very financially rewarding unless you're the very, very top of the sport. And even then it's not, it's still not, you're not going to get rich being a bodybuilder. Um, but the, the thing that I did do that was, that, I, that is exactly what you said. And I feel like this is a lesson that can be applicable to everybody is if you have something that you do love, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to play in the NBA if you love the NBA, you love basketball that much, there's something you can do to make money in and around the NBA, no doubt about it. And there's probably something you can do to make a hell of a lot of money if you're really yeah. industrious and you're, you're relentless, like you said. Uh, it, it, too many people out there give up on dreams because it seems impractical when there's some way you can probably do it. Uh, also, the confidence thing is, is, is a big deal. I mean, I have very you know, r- ridiculously unshakable confidence in myself, and I didn't always have that. What's that? What's Ridiculously unshakable. Yeah. That was gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. that was good, dude. Ridiculously unshakable. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So that, um, you can use it on a shirt or something. Oh, thanks, man. You could do, you could do like a, uh, uh, a collab. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the, you always have the best sayings. Thanks, man. Yeah, you thanks. do the things. Um, so. Not the, that good, though. No. Come that on. was really good. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, the, the, my, my belief in myself hasn't always been like that forever. It was something that was built over time. And so a lot of people out there just don't have that, right? Yeah. But the, the first step to, to doing it, to having it, is to, unfortunately, it sounds kind of like ridiculous, but you have to fake it. Fake it till you make it. Oh, so you need to kind of self-talk yourself in your own head that you can do it, that you are going to win. Uh, I mean, I do that with my boys all the time. I mean, literally all the time. You, what did, you told Elijah something about you couldn't do something, right? What did he tell you? Elijah. Elijah's three, by the way. Yeah, so Elijah's three, and uh, the other kid... 
uh, Aiden was like, couldn't move in the seat. And I was like, Aiden, move, move her. He's like, I can't. And Elijah was like, uh, can't's a word for losers. It's like, whoa, a three-year-old just rocking people. He yeah. probably rocks so many adults. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He does all the time. Yeah. The teachers think it's great. Everybody, everybody, the, the, yeah, they, like, so the first time I ever saw him do that was uh, uh, Poppy, or his grandfather, Daryl's dad, was over at the house. And he has this finger that, like, he tore a tendon, like, a million years ago, so he can't straighten it. Yeah. And Elijah's like, why are you straightening your finger? And he goes, I can't do it. And he goes, can't is a word for losers. And, I love it, but you know, even though that's an aggressive like yeah. thing, I love that he says it because he's it's in his head now. Oh, so it's right for, there for his rest of his life. You know? and, and not only that, like the people he's going to benefit around him. Oh, I yeah. caught myself the last two days realizing, like, oh, can't like if I say that, yeah. I'm going to have a three year old call me on, it, you know. <laughs> and that's something too that like I fall into that. Like I yeah. fall into like oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. Uh, yeah. Dana's like, let's go on the boat. Oh, I can't. It's like, well, no. I could leave work right now. Right. It's like, well, that's not responsible. And then it's always thinking the next step after that was like, well, what would allow me to move work? And what's, what, what steps can I take? Like, what does Austin need so that I can leave at three o'clock today? Right. Like right. I, you can do anything, man. So that, but that thing that you're, t that's exactly the, the type of thing that people need to tell themselves. Yeah. They need to remind yourself, you know, and that's why I'm teaching the boys so young, you know, the old Singerman rules and Singerman's, yeah. Singerman's never cut, Singerman's try their hearts, all that stuff. Yeah is because re repetitive, the repetitive nature of telling yourself something in your head over and over again is so valuable. And it's the same thing if you're saying bad things to yourself. You're yeah. saying, I can't do it, I suck. Yeah. I'm never gonna be good enough to do this. I'm not tall enough to play in the NBA. The NBA is too, I can never get, How it's too late for me, right? Those things are you, that you're saying over and over again in your head, not necessarily out loud, but in your head, reinforce the fact that you're not gonna be able to do it. Yeah. And so by saying what you just said, and by even saying, especially even better saying it out loud, that I can do anything I want to do. Yeah. Anything I want to do, I can do it. I'm going to win no matter what. Look, I'm obviously not going to win everything no matter what, but if I'm telling myself that I'm going to win no matter what, I have a hell of a lot better chance than being yeah. like, let's be realistic. I don't know if I'm going to win right let's now. Let's be can, realistic. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What You mind sharing the Singerman rules? Sure, sure. So um, make sure I get them all right in the order. They're uh, laminated on the kids' walls, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know they're like a real yeah. thing, but I, I don't think... In, like, the house wasn't even... I stayed in his house. I think I was the first person to stay in his house. And... Uh, there's no art on the walls. There's no, like, they're not even like unpacked boxes. And I go into the kids' rooms and there's these Singerman rules hanging up. Oh, whoa, perfect. there's like a graphic for them. Oh, dude, yeah, it's oh, fully yeah. designed. <laughs> now, I, I, I know them all. I just don't want to get them out of order because they're in order on purpose. All right, so rule number one is Singermans always love their family. Okay? okay. Rule number two is Singermans try their hardest. Three is Singermans never give up. Rule number four is Singermans lead from the front. Rule number five, Singermans win or learn, and then they win. Rule number six, Singermans believe in themselves. Rule number seven, Singermans tell the truth no matter what. Rule number eight, Singermans treat others with respect. Rule number nine, Singermans don't let others control their feelings. And rule number 10, Singermans like a challenge. So those are the 10 cool. rules. There's other What, what was the one, win or learn and then win? Singermans either win, right? Either win or you learn and then you win. So essentially so, your loss is yeah, a learn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Loss is you learn. But you don't call it a loss because, you know, right. you're too positive. Right. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to win anyway. You're winning. The next time it happens, you're going to win anyway. And we've, we've went over these too. So it's not just that they say it, it's that they understand it. So we'll, when, when uh, it's bedtime, if I'm reading them a story, I'll also explain what it means to never, never give up. Right. Yeah. Um, or a lot of them go together. So, you know, when you lead from the, from the front, obviously means you lead by example, right? The people who lead by example, they probably believe in themselves. And if you believe in yourself, it means you're never going to give up, right? And if you never give up, then you're going to probably uh, tell the truth and you probably are going to like a challenge. 
And chances are you're going to love your family because you're a good person, right? Love so it, man. Treat others with respect. These are all these, these all yeah. easy. It's all and, in there. And Every, the other, everything's there. It's all there. And so the other one, like, that is a big one for young kids uh, is that don't allow anyone to... Uh, to give control over your feelings, right? Yeah. So, and Asher is very, he's like a sensitive artist, yep. right? He wants everybody to like him. And so to explain him understanding this and being able to repeat it and ex explain why is that the case? Is so when a kid tells you at school, you're ugly, you're stupid, I don't like you. So this, hopefully, by repeating it and talking about it, he understands that by letting that kid hurt your feelings, make you feel bad or make you feel small or make you cry, you have now just given your, your feelings over to that person to control. And singers don't do that, right? Man. So um, it's all, it all kind of boils down to these 10 things. Um, and uh, we refer to them a lot. And, and, and the reason that's important with the whole self-doubt, self-belief thing is that these things, my goal is to... to not push them into their head so much and so many times that this is now not a thing that they have to think about. They just know, they already know that they're going to try their hardest. They know they're not going to give up. There's no way. They know they're going to treat others with respect. They know they're going to, you know, so on and so forth. Cause that's uh that'll help them. And it's the same thing that a person that says, I, I don't think I can do this. I don't think they can do that. That you probably can't. Right. Um, there's I feel like the Singerman rules should be added to the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> Just framed up there right next to it. Yeah, well, there'd, be, there'd be a lot better people out there if, if people really believed it and followed those rules. You know, right? I, I like the ownership and the last name, too. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Um, one, one, one thing that uh, growing up was, like, weird for me, um, very, like, small-town mentality, uh, my parents put, like, or my dad, more or less, um, put, like, a lot of stake in, like, the last name. But then didn't necessarily always follow up with like valuable lessons, mm -hmm. you know, just like the it's cool to like tag all of the core values essentially for your kids and then like put their last name to it and bring and, and add that mm -hmm. family. Members. It's cool, man. They're, your kids are turning out really cool. Thank I like you. that. They're all uh, they're all different. They are very different. And uh, I think uh, the one thing you said is I don't think any I mean, maybe there were. But the, the generation that my parents and your parents are in. It just, it just, people just didn't do that. Like I had a, I was very lucky to have a great dad, you know, yeah. unfortunately passed away five years ago. I had a great, I had a great dad, but he didn't know to do that stuff. You know, my mom is like your mom, a little crazy, a little out yeah. there, but still, but loves me very much. Yeah, my mom's more. fantastic. Yeah, She's loves just a maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but they didn't know to do this stuff. They didn't know, they didn't know how to handle somebody like me. And they, they also didn't know to, to teach anything. They, so you, you know, you would, they would probably tell you that they're teaching by example, you know, kind of leading by leading mm -hmm. from the front, but they would never tell me to lead from the front or no, explain what that thing, even means. It's a weird thing to say to a kid. Yeah. You know, but I say it all the time and I yeah. explain exactly what that means. It's beautiful, man. Uh, um, explain to them what it means to lead from the back. You know, they know if the person, if the general's on the back and the horse out of the fight, pointing to who to do what and where it's not the way you want to be, not in real life, you sure. know? What interesting things to uh, explain to a child. Yeah. Right. But that's the thing is nobody, I, there may be people doing it today, I, I, some version of this, but in, lucky, the, in, in, in the 80s, in the 80s, there was nobody doing that, right? Zero. So, so I'm hoping to, hoping to create uh, better, better humans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're going to produce leaders. Yeah, like so that's it. the point. That's the point. Man, look at this. What do we got here? Had this that's, uh, that's your watch. Oh, that's that's the watch. Oh. My brother, uh, my brother just wow. got here, and uh, Aaron had a watch <laughs> watch delivered mid podcast. No big deal. Thank you. That's Very awesome, impressive. Yeah. We, we can clap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, nice man. And your and your watch band is in here. I'm I sorry. have a watch band in there. My replacement watch band. Yep. I love that my AP band is destroyed and broken. Yeah, how did you even do that, dude? Because like, I just rip, bro. I wear I wear that watch when I'm doing 
like my favorite thing is I like an AP for many reasons, right? Mm-hmm. I like it because it's nobody knows what it is. It's super generic. And if you do know what it is, it's like, oh, that's not an entry level watch. It's like a nicer watch. And I also love that I'm always doing weird things with it on. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like working on my car and like dinging it. And they're like, oh my God, are you wearing, you're wearing cool. a really nice watch right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not something that I'm putting up on a pedestal, like, which I appreciate Austin, you do that. I'm not talking shit on you right now, but like, <laughs> I don't look at it as like, as like this goal that I hit and now it's a trophy on a cage. I look at it as like, oh no, no, no. I, I have this watch and I'm going to fucking ruin it because there's more watches in my future. Do you, so with the cars, I know you like cars and stuff. Is that how you treat the cars or do you ever yeah. do you, did, have you seen, did you see building three? No. Dude, my cars are all fucked up. Yeah, They're all broken, fixed with zip ties. I don't wash them. So like when I buy a car, it's, it's new. It's a new Porsche. You don't keep it like, you're not like treat it like it's I a baby. I sprayed it off once because yeah. people were printing, uh, it just like looked weird because like, you're like, they wrote things on fingerprints all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, any of my other cars, dude, I don't fucking care. You know, smokes fucking black and milds in them. I fucking, they're all like essentially not ruined, but uh, this won't really hold well for resale. But yeah, dude, I, I don't know. It, it's weird because like I, uh, we set it upstairs. Like there's this desire for me to accomplish something, right? And I run full steam towards it. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get that thing. And then uh, I get that thing or we accomplish something or it's a great release or whatever we do. And it's like, Austin and I are the same way. Like, it's not like we don't celebrate. We don't go out for a drink or high five each other. We're like, fuck yeah, next. And all of a sudden, like whatever it is, whether it's a car or a watch or anything, it's just, it's in the rear view, dude. And we're moving, we're moving on. And I think once again, you said it upstairs, it's dangerous. If you put all of your value in that moment, when you get there, it's like that moment's fucking four seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that watch is brand new for four seconds. And you're going to feel like little tick ups, like when someone notices it or you get dressed or something like that, but it fades away, yeah. especially if you're continuing to make fucking moves. So, like for me, the faster that feeling fades away, it's like, well, it's because I'm on to bigger things. Like, right. So, I know if that feeling doesn't stay, that really means something. If I'm going to look at that watch at the, as the pinnacle of my fucking life forever, then there's something wrong. Yeah. That's, then it. it's not the same qualities that got me there. I'm something, something went wrong, you know? Yeah. And that's like, even this warehouse, like it's just about done and I'm already like over it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's so amazing. It's so this, I'm like, yeah, I think also, you know, with, with the watches or cars or whatever, is that, that, the, you know, when people say that money doesn't buy happiness, I think that's kind of what they mean. Cause obviously in my opinion, money buys the ability to have freedom, which yeah. then buys happiness. Yep. Right. Um, but I think what, the, what they're really saying is that objects don't buy happiness. So a watch, and I love watches, and I like all kinds of nice stuff, but I, would, I have certainly noticed that, that the happiness that comes with buying an object is very fleeting. Yeah. You, know, you feel happy, you're excited, you got it, and then it's kind of like, oh, it wasn't that big a deal, right? And like even like with the, the cars, or like I have collected some of these watches. If I lost them all tomorrow, I wouldn't be happy about it. I'd be mad about the money that I lost for sure out of it, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't like destroy me because I know that that's not what's life about. Life yeah. is not about collecting objects until you die. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's really the, the key when people say life, life is, you know, money doesn't buy happiness because objects are not going to make you happy forever. No object is going yeah. to, it's, it needs to be something more. I mean, like life is more about experiences than it is about objects for damn sure. You know? Yeah. So that's something, uh, also I've always liked about you is, uh, as far as experiences go, like 
whenever we would go on trips or whatever, um, and I've done this a few times with you, but what, like you'll, you'll be at whatever expo and yeah. everyone generally wants to go to the gym and sleep in and you're someone like, you're going to go to the gym, but you're also going to get up, look up what's in the area. Like, is there a, a, a historic battleship we can yeah. walk around or, you know, like whatever it is. And you'll be like, Hey man, like, do you want to go see this? Did battle? we do a battleship? We went to a battleship. We did a battleship. Yeah. 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 We did, yeah, in San we did Diego, a battleship yeah. in San Diego. Uh, I'm always, I've always been like that. Wherever yeah. we, we were at last time when we were in Dallas, you and I walked down and saw all, of the, all those fountains and yeah. everything. Yeah. That was fun. Um, yeah. Like you always, you look up what's there and you're like, I want to go walk and see that. You yeah. know, I've always, and, cause I've, we, we travel so much yeah. or we not anymore these days, but I've traveled so much in my life and so many times at places we go to cool places and everybody that was there would just be in the hotel, yeah. do the expo, do the show, eat in the hotel, and go nowhere. And I'd always be like, what the fuck, man? Like, here we yeah. are in this new place. Uh, I probably got some of that from Dave Plumbo back in the day, because Dave and me, like, we'd go to India, and everybody would stay in the hotel. They want to stay in the, the, the usually the Sheru Classic was always in a really nice hotel yeah. or attached to one. So, and they'd be like, I'm not leaving here. There's always homeless people. It's scary. And I'd be like, I want to see everything. I want to go do everything and go everywhere. Because I would feel like, well, I may never go back here again. And, and then I would have stayed in this fucking hotel, like an Americanized hotel, and I missed everything. Yeah. So I've always, every, I've always tried to do that uh, as, much as, as much as possible. Yeah. What are, uh, what are the most, like, because people can look at you and be like, oh, he's doing very well. He, le- he wants big houses, money, mm-hmm. boat, fucking watches, all that stupid shit. But, like, what are, are you sending experiences? Like, what, what's the overall, like, what's, what's the, the Aaron Singerman most important list thing? Like if you had your most important things on a list, you mean like to, to obviously we're going to say, you're going to say family and you're going to say kids and things like yeah. that. But like, what, what are your most important things? Um, you're meaning physical objects or you mean like both things both. in general? Cause I know if you asked me, the first thing I would say is like freedom. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. that's like top of my list. And then like the other one for me would be like the ability to express myself and monetize it. Yeah. Like that's something that's very important to me because I can express myself all day long. I can paint paintings and all that. But like, if no one's fucking interested in them and I can't sell them, then like, to me, it's like, well, what am I really doing? Like, yeah. are they good? Cause I also, I never want to be a delusional person. Right. Like, like I never want to be a delusional artist that like is like drawing and my mom tells me I'm good <laughs> and I just think I'm so amazing. And then when people don't buy my art, I'm like, well, it's cause they don't understand. It's like, no, it's cause you you don't understand motherfucker. Right, right. So like, I never want to be delusional. And that's why, that's why there's a monetary thing put up. You know, I don't want to build a brand that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the monetary part isn't because I'm like, I'm hungry for money, but it, it sort of essentially shows me like, well, how much does this work? How much have I added value, identified problems in people's lives or filled a gap of what they're missing in their heart so that they want to identify with this brand and buy it. So that's where the, like, you know, so yeah. those, those are like my top, essentially two things. It's yeah. like family, uh, freedom, and then, uh, the ability to create and express myself while monetizing it. So I certainly agree with the freedom thing. That's definitely up there. I, uh, I really like business. So like I, we're in the supplement business, you know, but I like business in general. I'm, I'm fascinated by other people's business. I like, uh, I like seeing, uh, demand be built and then, you know, dealing with supplying it, selling it, making the money, even if the money is not an issue, for me, like, so for me, I'm not actually, there's no, like, I'm not chasing in the next paycheck or the next sales so that mm-hmm. I can have more money. I, l- I actually enjoy the process. So, you know, whether it's the supplement business or some other business in the future, like, I actually like business and want to be involved on a, on even a larger scale. 
Uh, I think, you know, one of the things having three little boys is you think more about a legacy and what you're leaving behind and how you're going to be remembered and stuff like that. So that I think is, uh, is important to me. And another one that's been more important lately that uh, seems like if I had to guess it will be a bigger and bigger part of my life in the future is helping other people. Um, mm. and, uh, and that's one of the ways like when you help somebody you make a difference in their life a really big difference in their life you get that kind of enjoyment and that kind of uh, happiness or whatever fulfillment lasts much longer than buying a present they always say it's better to give than to receive Yeah. Uh, but I truly think that it, at some point it, it, it can't just be about getting more money for yourself, right? You have to choose a cause or people or, or something that's bigger that you want to make a difference in. So I hope that, you know, at the end of the day, when I do leave this world, that I'll have made a, a big enough impact that it's felt for a long time. Okay. Yeah. So those are, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. Right awesome. Now. What's yours? Uh, I don't know. I guess. Great what, answer. The, I don't, well, I don't want to just copy freedom, but. That whole no, bro, that we're, we're all we all have similar things. Yeah, you know, I didn't say I want to help people. Aaron said he wants to help people. That's yeah. His, I just the, uh, that's the big, good. And you know what? The good thing about that is, sorry, Austin. Uh, when people say that, I normally don't fucking believe them because it's such like a shitty fucking like. Oh yeah, I just really want to help the world and save the fucking whales. And nobody fucking means it. Right. But like, I believe you. And you're out there donating millions and millions of fucking dollars yeah. to different organizations. And like, I see you doing it. So I believe it. And I, I really, really respect that. Go Austin. Freedom and creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like what I would want to do, what I see is freedom would be, and this going to sound stupid at first is like golfing more, yeah. but it's what that does for me. Just like being out on the course and uh, just anything wrong, wrong with that. Yeah, so disconnecting and then like lately, uh, now that we're kind of building the staff out and we're getting me back to like what, how I should be operating, um, thinking creatively and hopping in and shooting photography again, just as like candidly for fun. Um, I've really enjoyed like the last few weeks doing that. So when there's like that little bit of pressure off of it and being able to lead, but then also uh, express creativity in like a different way. And then freedom to me means like, I could train at any time of the day I want. Yeah. I don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to train, yeah. even though I like that being part of my routine. Like, no, I train every day at two o'clock and I do this and I do that. Just so you're aware, when you said, uh, this is going to sound stupid and it's golf, mm-hmm. I instantly went right to, oh, he wants mental freedom. Mm-hmm. Like you want the freedom to be able to detach from... Completely. Because like you're not, you are needed. Like you're mm-hmm. on the golf course and sometimes I send you screenshots that are a disaster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey man, fix this right now. And it's like, that sucks. Like if you, if you just want your four hours, I got that. Yeah. This weekend when I played in the club championship, I turned my phone in airplane mode. Wild man. And I usually don't do that. I just tell people like, Oh, sorry, I don't have service out here. But this weekend I was like, no, Aaron, how much this, sleep do this you is get? My four hours. How much what? Sleep he, just, do I get? he just reminded me when he said that. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say I get on average five hours if I had to average it. Yeah. I mean, there's some, some days I get, uh, a lot less and uh, then like I, I have a real hard time sleeping in I don't yeah. think it's even physically possible I, my, if my back starts to hurt I like, got you I feel like I get woken up like real so I, I would say I go to bed generally at like one o'clock and I wake up generally around six if I did generally all right much different than you Austin uh last night thanks to you guys I didn't get much sleep but I still got up at 4.45 this morning, did cardio, and did everything I needed to do. How do you feel do. right now, now that you're on I the, feel Aaron's, fine. the Aaron Singerman? You feel fine, so? 
Actually, I feel really so, good. So, you're doing six shots of vodka tonight, and... Uh, at least. I don't know if I can at do least. it back to back. So, I hate to bring him up, you know, because it's kind of a sore subject, I think. Whoa. But Arnold says that uh, you, you sleep six hours a night. No more than six hours a night are you wasting your life. And if you need more sleep than that, you have to sleep faster. Uh, That's Arnold's quote. I like are that you quote. setting me up for my Arnold's It was, a se- it was kind made. of a segue. We don't have too much time, so I figured you wanna, right. may want to get to your, your what do you rant. Mean, what do you mean get to? You understood what I meant last night. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I got flagged for hate speech with a lot. Um, if you guys don't know, Arnold put out a video sort of talking about... Um, the ex- that, that actual video, was that particular post was flagged for hate speech? No. Because you didn't say anything. No, 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 no. So that one was not. So okay. I archived that. Okay. Um, and I do, I do that but sometimes. You think it, but it set you off. It well, I, I need a fucking break. Yeah. You know, like I, I, there's, this, there's this weird thing where like I know I need to stand up for freedom. Right. So when Arnold says, screw your freedom and you should wear a fucking mask and you should get vaccinated and all the shit that he, like, it's such a political game at this point. And you, said like, you, don't, you don't have the freedom to be a schmuck. That was the title of his post. <sighs> he just, come Like, on, actually, man. Arnold, you do have the freedom to be a schmuck. That's the whole point. Yeah, that, that's literally the, de- yeah. you're, you're the freedom to do whatever you want. Yeah. It's not, oh, you, your freedom is defined by what I say it is. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Like, and it sucks. And, and the reason I got so fired up last night is because, like, dude, like, that dude influenced my life that dude like i have the arnold uh uk contract on my desk right now right to to go there like to get paid to go there and fucking blah and it's like no absolutely not going not fucking interested like that's all i need dana's gonna be disappointed huh dana's gonna be very disappointed but (laughs) she knows why and she agreed getting out of the car granted she fell right asleep because i think she drank a little bit too much last night but like (laughs) it's weird because there's i want to have a good day yeah. Right, like you're here. I want to enjoy this. I'm, I'm, I am having a good day, but I know if my phone, if that post was still live right now and it wasn't archived, I, I'd be on my fucking phone. I'd be ripping with people, and it would influence me. And like that goes back to okay, let's let's go over my freedom. Right, I want my freedom right to have a, a clear head and enjoy my time with you because you leave tomorrow. Yeah. Um, that would take away my freedom. But at the same point in time, like I know the post had to be made last night. I know that I'm going to need to talk about it more that like freedom's a non-negotiable across the fucking board, you know? And let's, let's start with fucking race. Let's start with religion. Let's start with fucking gender. No, 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 no. We don't get to define what the fuck freedom is. You don't get to say, take this experimental. Like there's a bigger thing at play here with the whole fucking mask thing. I mean, it says it on the side of the fucking mask. It doesn't work. The box that you're getting it out of, it literally says like, yo, bro, this doesn't work. (laughs) But it's being done for a very specific reason. And it's being done to control people. Um, Even if it does have any benefit, it's outweighed by how much people are leveraging it. And it signals to everyone else that I'm wearing a mask, I'm Democrat. The craziest thing, and I'm actually worried how I'm going to word this. Um, So everyone listening, I haven't said this out loud. Whenever I have a new thought... I have to say it out loud a few times before it actually makes clear sense or I, I, I make missteps, right? Mm-hmm. Which is my criticism of Arnold. He's been doing this so long, he shouldn't make missteps anymore. So even if he misspoke or it's out of context, no, at no point in time in me speaking right now, am I ever going to say, screw your freedom. Uh, but 
I might misstep a little bit. Spe- especially, you know, that's the, that's the big distinction is that he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Yeah. He is literally an icon. He may be one of the most famous people in the history of the world. Yeah. And, I mean, he's one of the most recognizable, maybe the most recognizable, with the exception of uh, former President Donald Trump, right? The president, maybe a little bit more. But other than that, Arnold is right up there. Yeah. So for him to say something like that, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really meaningful. I mean, it's, yep. whether he means it or it not or whatever. It holds so much weight. It holds a lot of weight. Um, the point that I'm going to make that I might misstep on, so give, give me give me a little bit of leeway. I'll ask for that. Um, seeing how it's so politically divisive, right? And I got a lot of these comments, and I screenshot them all, and I was going to post them and start it, but I wanted to be taken out of context. And it's oftentimes when I complain about wearing a mask, it's younger black people, or African Americans, once again, don't know, but... Uh, younger African-Americans and they're like, oh, sorry to inconvenience you. You don't even know what it's like to be a slave. Just put on the fucking mask. You know, it's your duty, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, hey, man, granted, I don't know what it's like to be like a slave. You know, you, you have a different perspective than me. I get it. But why are you, like, you realize you're being manipulated, right? You realize that like you're somehow running towards slavery right now with separating the middle class uh, making the upper class that much bigger and then sort of heading towards a socialized thing where like they're taking away your freedom and you're like rooting for it because I, be, just more or less because you identify with uh, the left right. and the left wears masks and essentially the right doesn't wear masks and it's like step outside the lane, like ultimate freedom, think for your fucking self, Yeah, you know? Like when, when has this government ever treated your race wonderfully? Yeah, They haven't. I think I think the Fuck. big the big thing is is that the that you should have the ability to choose. And so if you want to wear a mask, like you come to Redcon in the office, we have hundreds of people. I let anybody who wants to wear a mask, they can wear one, right? And we have a rule that you can't make fun of people if they're wearing a mask, right? Because back when it was like people were really worried, it was they were, yeah. you know it was like they were scared, and then they felt like the culture of the business doesn't really. Um, Mask doesn't fit, but I tell them absolutely anybody wants to wear a mask. Yeah. You want to wear a whole body latex suit, whatever. Nobody can make fun of you. You know, people were really worried. We had people yeah. wearing like whole face. Well, there was there was a few months when no one really knew what was right. going on. And I yeah. and I said, you know what? Whatever you want to do, and that's the way it should be. Everybody should have a choice how you want to do, how you want to be, uh, where you want to go. You don't want to go to the gym because it's not safe. Then don't go to the gym. Yep. So you don't think it's safe. Don't say nobody can go to the gym because it's not safe. We're gonna de- we're gonna determine what's safe for you. And you don't have a choice because we're going to decide. And so I think that's the biggest thing. Whereas if somebody tells me I'm going to get the vaccine, I'm going to say, good for you. Go get, you can, that's what makes America great. Choose the vaccine. And then if somebody tells me I'm not getting the vaccine, I would tell them, great, don't get the vaccine. That's your choice. Now, for some reason, the left now thinks that it is okay to uh, demean people or attack people or scream at people or be, you know, insensitive because they're not agreeing with them, which is a weird thing that's happened now. And it's funny because, you know, I, uh, I work with Alan Dershowitz, uh, who's very, very fam- famous, the famous, most famous uh, lawyer alive. And he is a very well-known liberal, very well-known. But when I talk to him about being liberal, he says the word has changed so dramatically from the 50s when he was, you know, he was there for, uh, the, I have a dream speech from Martin Luther King. He was right there on the steps. I mean, he's been around, yeah. he's been like a leading force uh, in that party for many years, but it's like left him. So like, that's not where he came from. He came from peaceful protest. He came from, you know, he came from a, a different generation. And now uh, he's very tied with Donald Trump and a lot of right-wing things uh, because 
the the word has changed where the i mean just the definition of liberal you would assume you'd be more accepting of other yeah. people um where it's funny because there'll be accepting in one hand being like if you're you know L lgbt community then anything goes and any pronoun is okay and if you're a man and want to be in women's sports you should be able to but then on the flip side if you have any other disagreements then you should be shouted down right you should be canceled which yeah. is a weird it's a weird it's very strange mix. i don't know how like and, and when i talked to because i have no problem with um intelligent debate or intelligent disagreement um and, and on the the times where i do engage in that because usually i don't anymore because there's no point right You're too smart where, where <laughs> yeah where it's like where, where somebody will have something that's, that's a smart person that's so diametrically opposed, they'll tell me we should not be paying these police officers. We should we should defund them and not have police. And I'm like, damn, he, this guy's really smart. How is, he, how is he not like understanding that the reason why society exists the way you are here today is because we have police, firefighters, these, yep. are, these are people that are protecting society. So if you remove the police, how do you think it's gonna go? Like the, the base nature of most human beings is not good. Yeah. Right. If somebody wants what you have and there's no repercussions and nobody's going to do anything, they might just take it. That's and there's a lot of primal instinct. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's a lot of people that are, that are bigger and stronger than this guy and he doesn't have any guns. And I'm thinking here, sitting here thinking like, he's telling me you have no protection. He already has no protection. Somebody like me could take everything he's got. You know, but he's telling me that he doesn't want there to be repercussions. He doesn't want there to be police. He wants people to manage themselves and nice. police themselves. And it's like, damn, but he's really smart. This guy's a smart guy. Maybe he's never met any crazy violent offenders or truly evil people. Like I've met some evil yeah, people. Of course. And like, it is the scariest thing when someone's truly evil. Oh yeah. Well, also, it's like, oh, you don't respect anything. Oh, you yeah. don't respect human life. You don't and, like nothing. And matters. what's holding back a person like that is the repercussions. Uh -huh. So if you remove the repercussions, you're going to have some more, much more bad stuff happen on a much larger. I mean, we've seen it when the, you know, with some of these uh, extremely left cities, which reduce like Chicago and other, other where they, yeah. where they're literally cops are walking away from the job because they, who wants to be a cop in this day and age where they, you, somebody could spit in your face, you know, scream in your face and you just have to stand there and enjoy it. Cause if you did anything, somebody's videoing you yeah. push the person and they're going to now. I've heard that from a lot of officers that yeah. like, they they're just, scared. they roll up, they read the scene. Yeah. And like, if it's anything weird, they're just like, I, I'm not going to do anything. Uh, we, they're there. Cause a lot of cops come to the gym they, they've been instructed at one point during the height of COVID that unless it's like, you know, violent crime, it, like it happening, just walk away. Don't even do anything. <laughs> you know, like Jeez. where it was, cause they wouldn't approach. So like you, they weren't pulling people Now This wasn't for public consumption, but they said that, you know, if you got you were speeding, they wouldn't even pull you over because they don't want to come. They're not allowed to come to the car and give you a ticket. It could be could have problems. They could get COVID. There could be violence. To say don't. Well, I like them. that because I like speeding. I know you like the, the I speeding. like speeding a lot. Um, but also like simple like burglary and stuff. They're not going. Into well, yeah. Your someone job. breaks into your car and you're like, tonight I have to deal with this now because yeah. like what do I do? Yeah. So the, when you when you hear people like that, it just it's so so much of it doesn't make any sense. Where it's like illogical stuff. Where you're like. How how did there how is there such a large part of this country that thinks that's like that all these ideas yeah. are okay? So that's the scary part. Yeah. Especially having three kids where you're like, what what's the world gonna be like 20, 30, 30 years from now? You know, I mean we're we're definitely at a part uh, where the world seems a lot less and you know, COVID really exemplified that where yeah. the world felt it's pretty safe. 9-11 is one other moment in my life. When 9-11 happened and the towers fell, I was like, whoa. So like anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember driving from work, going to my apartment. Was there like, you, everybody should leave work. 
I'm yeah. like, what, it's going to blow up here? Like, what's I happening I remember, here? like, looking up in the sky and being like, so, I was in the dorms. And I was yeah. like, wait, so is a plane going to hit my dorm? Is it possible? Yeah. Like, knows? how, yeah. People are talking about targets of opportunity. Oh, yeah, well, you're in Louisiana. They have oil here. They could, I mean, there was, like, yep. shit like that. And I was like, wow, like, that could happen. Yep. And, and now COVID is the same thing where it's like, well, everything seems like it could happen. So, like, you know, you, like, if we talked about, you know, with, with the whole transition of power, when people are talking about could there be a civil war, I would have said that's absolutely crazy. No way. Now you're like, oh, could happen. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything. If you really and think kids about are it, growing up with that uncertainty. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Like, for years now. Because 9-11 was this. It was over. Yeah. Almost as you realized it was happening, it was already over. Yeah. Because by the time the planes hit the building, right? And the planes hit the building, people were like, holy shit. But then it was over. You might have been yeah. scared for a while, but you really yeah. you kind of missed it. We've been like witnessing it now for yep. you know, a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, it's doing it was weird two stuff, years. Man. And, and, it, and it's not going away. So... It's, uh, it feels like it's getting stronger. Yeah. Right now it does. You know, like, I, and I'm a, I'm a big, I, I feel like everything just always writes itself. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I don't, I can't see it. Like, you know, I feel like it's always like, oh, we're headed towards an economic crash. It doesn't seem right. And that's what it feels like right now. But it's like, so is it like, I can't, yeah. I guess I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'll say that to start. Nobody is though. That's the thing is nobody is smart. I feel like someone's smart enough. Well, somebody may be pulling the strings that people may be out there <laughs> making it happen. But I mean, most people don't really, because even with the economic, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday, me and you, about the economy, things don't make sense. No. Like, how are, how are the numbers, how is the stock market went beating every, you know, this is worth the all-time high in history now. Yeah. With everything going on in the world like this, how is that happening? You know, why does it keep going up? How can we print more money than we have in a decade, in, in yep. a year, and not have some huge repercussions. How can there be so many people unemployed all over the place? Yep. Yet we continue to pay them. America yep. pays them for doing nothing. There's a lot of questions like that. Yeah. Where it's like, dude, too many questions. Like yeah. That. When's, when's shit really going to hit the fan? Yeah. And, uh, and I would have said a long time in the past, I said it was going to happen a long time ago. It continues to not happen. So now I'm like, well, maybe there won't be some cataclysmic economic event because how are we doing this now? Um, you know, so I it's, know, I don't know. I don't think anybody, that's what I mean. It's like, nobody seems to know because it's, this is, uh, so usually when like market people predict, predict the market, they look back at the past. Yeah. And so in, in 1918, right. There was the, the, the plague, right. Or yeah. everybody died, a Spanish flu. Yep. And, uh, that, that, even that is so much different than now because we handled it so much differently. Yeah. So, but that's the only event in American history that you can really look back at when there was a functioning stock market. Um, but it's such a different event and things are so much different now um, that it, it's also our reaction. We overreacted, you know, arguably overreacted way too much initially. There's other people that say we reacted way too slow. Uh, but, you know, in 1918, there was no internet. There was no communication really. Like, yeah. So you wouldn't, weren't able to communicate rapidly like we are now. And now fear travels incredibly fast. That's Way the, faster than the virus. Yeah, that's yeah. the fastest news of all is fear because that gets people to watch the news, gets people to pay attention. I stopped, I, you know, I really stopped watching all that stuff. After the election, I was like, I'm not going to watch any more of this stuff. You know what's crazy right now? As you say that, we're sitting in the room with Austin on a microphone mm -hmm. and all of this stuff we're talking about, he has no clue. That's why I haven't said anything. So he doesn't, yo, bro, he doesn't watch TV. Yeah. He doesn't follow any pages that share any kind of information. On purpose? Or this accidental? Uh, no, so like he just follows a couple art just pages. Just not interested. Just not interested. So he's just like floating along and 
Like he knows there's something going on and like he knows more about like Tiger Woods's or I know Rory's. about like the stuff that is going to, I don't know. Interest you? Well, this, this can definitely. Keep in a good mood and not, okay. I don't Yeah. Know. I thought you were about to say affect you. I was no, say, like, like anytime I mention anything like that, he's like, wait, what? Huh. Yeah. I'm I heard like, him say like Delta something, Delta COVID last week and I had no fucking And he was like, so what, he was what, do you, what do you mean? It's, what do you mean? The it's an airline COVID's now? Going. I was like, no, there's another, there's another thing. He's like. Oh, <laughs> well, you're also living in Montana in this bubble where it's I haven't so seen normal. one mask here yeah. since I've been here. Well, yeah. dude, come on now. What? I, yeah, I in Flor- I'm in Florida, which is supposed to be the land of the free, and we got plenty of people wearing masks. Yeah, not everybody, but there are plenty. I've done uh, common sense research with the whole mask thing. Uh-huh. I've uh, traveled. Uh, I guess I'm also a super spreader, probably. So maybe I'll go to jail <laughs> soon. But um, I didn't really slow down traveling. Like we still traveled two to three times a month. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously on the plane, I have to wear one as long as I'm not eating. And then uh, as soon as I got off the plane in the airport, took it off, never wore it fucking just out through a couple fitness expos, like went to parties, yeah. literally still drinking out of the same glass as everybody else. Like just reckless <laughs> stopped washing my hands as much weird feature, right? You're, 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 so wait, did you increase and now you decrease or you're saying you purposely wash your hands less than ever? Um, I, I'm currently, so I wash my hands when I go to the bathroom, but like I used to just like randomly wash it throughout the day. I had that only for a short period of time when I felt like there was really a lot of uncertainty during that like, I guess, April, May period where I was like, actually, but I never did the hand sanitizer craziness. Okay. But I washed my hands probably twice as much. And then somewhere along the line, I was like, fuck it. So I'm, I'm talking a longer timeline. Yeah, you did. So longer. in the last 10 years, for example, uh-huh. probably washed my hands twice a day. And then uh, in the first two months of the pandemic, well, so bathroom and then two random washes a day. And then pandemic hit and probably the first two months, I was like, oh, this is weird. So like probably washing my hands like a lot. And then like sort of six months in the pandemic when I saw like, oh, this is, what's going on here? Like this, there's, it's politically motivated. There's a lot of other factors going in other than just the virus. Oh, that, that period, especially because, you know, Trump was like, I, I looked at the Vegas polls. Yeah. I've always, I'm always interested. I think the Vegas polls, um, for almost everything are more accurate than the actual polls, political yeah. polls, because they're, they're a small focus group. There could be, you can pick and choose who you're asking, but Vegas people are making the lines in Vegas. There's money on the line for these guys and they're yeah, professionals. So it matters. So I, before you can, I'm sure you could Google this and check, check my numbers. But if you looked at January, it was 99 to one. Trump to, to Biden, that Biden, if you put $1,000, $100 on Biden to win, you'd win 99. Uh, you'd win 99 times, right? Oh, wow. And so for Trump, if you put $100, you'd win $1. That's how, that's how sure they were he was going to win in January. It's so crazy. And then obviously we saw what happened. So the, the, the question is, like, if it was reversed, it, it, like, there's no, nothing anybody could have done. Right here is this guy going to win 99 out of 100 is going to win. Yikes. And if you look at the Google trends on how much he was being talked about, if you compare Biden and you put him in Biden, the keyword Biden keyword, or keyword Joe Biden, keyword, you know, Donald Trump, he was being talked about 100 multiples more mm-hmm. on the Internet. Now, obviously, some of that's bad, I'm sure. Plenty of bad stuff, too. 100 times more press. And 101 yeah. to, 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 and then what, to lose. And I, so what happened? The, the COVID stuff happened. That's what, that's the reason why he lost. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. In, in I guess, uh, 
the defense of that. I don't think anyone actually even likes Biden or get or like no, they just don't good. like they Trump. just don't like Trump. So it's like no. you know, that's um, my mom and your mom. That's that's I'm sure she says yeah, the same yeah. thing. My mom would have voted for anybody, anybody, anybody other than him. Yeah, she would vote for a uh, uh, like a, a pet rock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she would have definitely. My mom would have voted for a, a bird for sure. A bird, I know everyone's on the edge of their seat right now. Um, and now I I uh, I don't wash my hands. So I wash when I go to the bathroom. Those two hand washes during the day, uh, six months into COVID, stopped doing it. And uh, so you're like a conscientious objector to washing hands. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I just figure out gather up more germs, dude. I'm gonna get this bomb ass immune system just ripping. Well, I tested it. So I tested it at one point. So Brent, uh, who owns the manufacturing facility we yeah. manufacture at, so while we were there visiting, he actually got COVID, Ooh. and uh, he was like, "Dude, I tested positive. I'm sorry, whatever." And I'm like, like I was like, dude, no, no, I already had it. And he's like, yeah, but you never know, like the, the antibodies and stuff. He's like, I, I should, you know, I shouldn't have went out because he came over to our house to hang out yeah. the day before. And I'm like, okay. I was like, so are we getting together before I leave? And he's like, well, I, I have COVID. And I was like, oh, it's okay. And he's like, oh, okay. And so we met up to eat, and uh, and I like shook his hand, and he's like, he's like, dude, you sure? I'm like, yeah, give me a hug. Yeah. I gave him a hug. And I took the hand, my hand and like out of my face. Yeah. And he's like, you're crazy. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, look, man, I, I want to test it out. I was like, I, I, I want to, you know, I got the antibodies. I want to see if that shit works or not. Yeah. And of course I didn't get, uh, get COVID again. Right. Um, but he thought I was totally crazy. It's a pretty crazy story. Everybody thinks you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, but I wanted to know, I wanted to know, I wanted to know, do, do I have anything to be afraid of? And if I did, I wanted to catch it again, add up some extra antibodies. Um, but my COVID experience was, was really, uh, you know, mild to say the least, right? So I didn't have any of the, the really bad symptoms yeah. or I didn't get really anything. Some people get rocked. Yeah, some people do get rocked. Oof. It's not like a fake, that's one of the things is, you know, it's important to probably make the distinction that, that you're not saying it's not real or no, made no, up no, thing. No, it's no, a dude, real some, thing. Some people get rocked and then yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's the same thing. Like you can die. Like there's, yeah. there's people that are, America generally is extremely unhealthy, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, I'm, I don't want to say extremely unhealthy, but like I'm unhealthy mm-hmm. and like I'm consider myself pretty healthy. But like, if you really like honestly asked me on like a health scale, like I eat really well, I exercise twice a day. Like, I'm, but like, I don't think I'm the healthiest. Like you could definitely be way healthier than me. And like someone like you is super healthy. Like you're not eating like a bunch of fruits and vegetables during the day. And no. like, you're, you know, you could be a lot healthier. Yes. Um, but I think that like, we're still at the very, very top look at everybody else and they're just like eating Doritos and fucking Dr. Pepper. And they think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, people, the people who, you know, that's, that's the thing that, you know, the one thing we know for sure without questions, we don't know very much about COVID. There's a lot of things that seem to change from a day to day basis. But the one thing we know for sure is that if you're obese, you have a much better chance of dying if you catch it. Yeah. That we know for sure. And that's also for everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the fatter you are, the, the and that's why, you know, it's funny because you see all these people now talking about like fat shaming or like being comfortable with your body. And, you know, I've seen these like marketing campaigns that are focused on like, you know, be happy, be fat and be happy. Or like, it's okay to be fat yeah. or whatever. When in reality, like it's, you know, regardless of triggering or whatever, it's that, definitely not okay to be fat. Like, no, you, you, I think you have I the think, freedom though in America to I be think fat. You should be, I think you should be okay with yourself. Yes. Like that's something I struggle with. Right. Cause like you guys are both in phenomenal shape. I'm not, and I've never really been in phenomenal shape. It's my fault, obviously. Like I could diet harder and have abs, but like I don't feel totally comfortable with my shirt off. You know, Speaking like of, I gotta take my shirt off. No, nah, you don't have to do it. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday. Um, but like I don't, I don't totally feel comfortable. You know, and I think it's 
to the average person, like they're like, Oh, you look great. But like, well, I hang out with fucking bodybuilders yeah, and like my wife looks like this. And like, you know, I, I get it. Like I know people are always like, but I think, I think there's a big distinction between you because you're well, not there, fat, there right? is, there is, but I think that it goes back to the prize thing that we're talking about. Right. With the journey earlier, which is like, you should be happy with where you, where you are right now and like to get hit goals and things like that, but like also appreciate the journey. And I think that that that's like a really weird fine balance of like, you should be happy with, I'm happy where I'm at physically, but I also know that I'm improving. Right. You know, and I think that's what we should be teaching. Not like, cause it, it hurts to say like, Hey, uh, um, you know, it's not okay to be fat. Like I understand that. Cause like you're already vulnerable cause you're already not feeling good, but like, it should be like, Hey, it's okay where you're at because we know you're making progress. That, yeah. So there's, I think there's a big and important distinction there too, is that if somebody's trying to lose weight, right. Yeah. And they're doing it totally then, different then, thing. Then, yeah, I, I would agree. You should be like, at least you should be, I don't want to say you should be happy with being in a not good state, but you should be happy with the progress you're making towards being better. Yeah. Right? That, but I don't think if you're, if you're chronically obese, if you, so if, if, if you were 400 pounds, you said, I'm happy with who I am. I'd be like, you're, you're, you're wrong. Like you shouldn't be if you're yeah. happy. You should feel like you need to lose weight because you're unhealthy and you can die, yeah. right? Uh, so I guess it's a, a fine line. I mean, I, I always say this. I know you agree. Is that and you have a song about progress? Is mm-hmm. that the, the, really the the my opinion and the secret of happiness is make progress. Yep. So I'll, I'll give a great example because you're mentioning your wife. If da- Dana looks unbelievable, right? If Dana gained ten pounds of fat, she would be very, very, very unhappy, right? Yeah. Very unhappy. But if on the flip side, if a guy who's 300 pounds loses 50 pounds and is 250 but needs to be under 200 to look, you know, reasonably good, he's going to be feeling pretty good about himself. He'll yeah. be feeling really, he'll be much happier than Dana, who will still be in better shape than 99.9% yeah, yeah. of the girls in the world. Yep. But she, because she didn't make progress, she's slipping, whereas this guy is making progress. And as long as you're making progress, even if it's small steps... Yeah. You're, you're going to be way more fulfilled, way and, happier. And, and it's whatever that progress Whatever is. it is. Whether it's going back to Austin's, like, if he gets better at managing, like, not, we'll, we'll wipe out financial, we'll wipe mm-hmm. out his fucking golf score, we'll wipe out everything. If he gets better at that freedom so that his brain is able to, like, he has more days where you can shut off your phone when you golf, right. that's fucking progress. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a win. He's, maybe he might, we're done. What? What are you doing? <laughs> the, the missus is texting me. Uh, uh, let's get out of here. Close it down. Say goodbye. Oh, goodbye, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Rob Bailey Show. We'll see you next week.